it's, it's only for me to enjoy. Are, are we starting? I think we're starting. Very cool. Okay, welcome to the Representation Matters panel, uh, where we're going to be looking at uh, representation uh, and diversity in the Star Wars universe. Um, I'm Brian Larson. I'll be moderating. I'm the managing co-editor of the Tashi Station blog, and I run several podcasts on there. Um, but I'd like to start by going down the line and having you all introduce yourself first, starting with... Hi, my name's Lucy, and um, it's been 25 <laughs> seconds since I've last played Pokemon. <laughs> and um, hello, and um, I'm here supporting my friends for diversity. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Hi, I'm Janine Spendlove. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa. Hi. Uh, I wrote the War of the Seasons fantasy series, and most recently I did uh, some time work for Star Wars. I wrote uh, Star Wars in brief. Uh, you can get it. It just popped. I don't know if it works. So just no. talk loud. Nope. Hi, I'm Maya. I'm. Nope. Oh, there's the mic. It's back. Oh, it is. Okay. Hi, I'm Maya. I don't know what else to say about me. I am playing Pokemon Go right now, so <laughs> I understand your pain. Hi, I'm Mel. Um, I'm a volunteer with the Weedinverse Trek. Um, I'm a co-host on the Nerds of Prey podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'm here by accident, but I hope this is going to be fun. <laughs> we'll make it fun. That I got not the panel you're looking for. That I'm not sharing. No. Hi, uh, my name is Melissa Olson. Um, I am a urban fantasy author, so I kind of feel like this weird foreign exchange student on this panel, um, or like cross-pollinating fandoms. Um, no, it's cool. Oh, thank it's cool. you. Oh, it's cool. It's, it's all good. It, Janine says it's cool, you guys. So everybody go about your business. Um, <laughs> I'm she asked me to take a picture of her with Luke Skywalker and said she was going to marry him, so I think Whatever, she Whatever, it's here. my Christmas card photo. Um, <laughs> so again, you belong here. Real quick, Whoa, I have to nice. leave this panel, sadly, right afterwards to do another panel in a different building, but I'm going to leave some bookmarks in case anybody is interested. The reason that I'm on this panel, aside from just like most people, oh, shoot, I, I love Star Wars, um, I wrote a blog a few months ago called Shut Up About Rogue One. <laughs> And uh, one of the convention organizers saw it, and I'm like, oh my god, somebody read like a blog that I posted? I just assume it's just me talking to me. Um, and asked me if I would be interested in doing this panel, um, kind of looking at uh, women in the Star Wars movies and sort of their new role. Very cool. So um, the way I like to do panels is I really like audience participation and turning this into a roundtable discussion. So we have got that microphone in the center there. Um, any comments, questions, things you'd like to ping off of us, uh, feel free to line up at that microphone and uh, we will have you uh, provide some of the content for this panel. Um, I'd like to start by... Uh, Let's just dive into The Force Awakens and what we saw in this film. Um, it's, definitely, it's definitely a different film than A New Hope was when we were looking at this from a casting perspective. So uh, I, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you saw in Rogue One, what you really enjoyed seeing, and maybe even uh, what you hoped you would see and what could use improvements. Oh, me? I didn't uh, anyone. I'm not sure. Do you want to keep over. it to diversity? Uh, diversity, uh, LGBTQIA, um, representation. Um, well, real quick, I, I think it's a great movie. I think the science is so messed up that it makes me sad. Um, <laughs> like, if you don't have a son, aren't you going to die anyway? Like, why? Anyway. Um, <laughs> one, one real quick kind of personal thing that that really bothered me, and I was actually really depressed the whole weekend after seeing it, uh, there's some mel mental illness things going on in, in that movie that are never really addressed, and even in all the kind of discussion, and there was a lot of discussion about the movie afterwards, nobody really brought up the fact that Kylo Ren really has like a borderline personality disorder, and instead of treating him 
his parents decide to use magical powers from his uncle to like straighten him out and then they're gonna like talk to him while he's armed and you know it's just I feel like there was a message there about parenting and kids with uh, mental illnesses and everyone just kind of glossed right over and passed that so that was kind of my my actually my biggest takeaway I loved the movie on so many levels but uh, that one really bothered me because it was just the most avoidable death in, in the Star Wars universe I think I'm, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, it was really interesting. I was deployed when The Force Awakens came out, and even though I managed to get half of my Marines a, a screening of it, the other half of us that were where we were uh, could not see it because of where we were. Um, so I came back a month into, and I came back, the movie had been out about a month, and I managed to stay spoiler-free, though actually wasn't that difficult because, again, of where I was. Um, and so to come back, and there was like already a month's worth of, of fandom and churn and discussion. Um, so it was really interesting to watch it and then dive in to see a lot of the discussions and things that had gone on. Um, and I, I did manage to stay spoiler-free. For me, I was really hesitant going into it because when they made the casting announcement, I was, I was very, very vocal online about how upset I was by the lack of women. Very. I think we had a panel a couple of years ago yes. addressing that and very photo. I was photo. furious. I think I was attending the, because uh, I'm, I'm a pilot in the Marine Corps, so I was attending the Women in Aerospace conference the day they announced the, the casting one, and I think I tweeted, like, it's a good thing this is real life, otherwise I'd be the only woman here. Um, and, and it's just, it's really, really difficult in, in that regard. And so I went into it very hesitant, like, I don't know what I'm going to get here. You know, are we going to have another case of Padme where we build her up in the beginning and then we just offer once she births the children and, and, and isn't needed anymore, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I will say for me, because I want to end it in a positive note, there's so much that I love. There were, there were two moments that I cried when I watched the film. And the first was when Leia showed up. And she was just bigger than life and beautiful. And the second... And this is why I was running around dressed as Ray last night with a lightsaber, was when Ray got the lightsaber, when she called it and, and it lit up. I don't know. I yeah, know I we've cried. had female I, I, yeah. Jedi, and I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. I know we've had yeah. female Jedi in the past, but to have the main character, and I didn't, it didn't really dawn on me that she was the main character, um, be the one, to have her be the one, it just meant so much to me. And and a friend of mine messaged me afterwards because he was worried that I was going to be very upset about the fact that Leia wasn't a Jedi. And I was like, why would I be upset about that? She's a general. Like, you're talking to a woman <laughs> in the military. You know? <laughs> He's like, well, well, don't you want her to be a general and a Jedi? And I was like, do you even know what it takes <laughs> to be a general? Like, there is no way. Like, well, I am fine with Leia not doing everything. I'm fine with Leia making choices and saying, I'm going to focus on this. You know, she's a super successful politician and, until she wasn't. but um, And then a, a, a super successful, you know, leader in the military. So, no, I loved it. I loved having someone who was older and a woman and just uh, being a badass and running stuff. So it, was, it meant so much to me. There could have been more, though. Yes. <laughs> there definitely could have. And... So I loved every single second of The Force Awakens. My absolute favorite was when we see Jess Pava. And you're like, you have an Asian woman flying an X-Wing. This is the best thing ever. Yep. And I was just like Even flipping if they are out. flying you <laughs> Well. Harrison Ford should have, when they asked for direction on how to fly, he should have given it to them. Sorry, pet peeve. Anyway, this is not this panel. <laughs> That's yes, another Jessica panel. Awesome. Yes. So, and she didn't die. She, she lived. Didn't die. She, she lived. lived. And you can write like a book or a comic or something about her, and it has to. I would love to write her story. Yes. <laughs> Powers that be. I also loved the movie. Um, when they first announced the casting, and I saw John Boyega was going to be in it, and he was going to be a main character, I was so excited. <laughs> And to tell a little story, this morning I had to go to the America's Mart and I forgot about the parade. And I'm staying in the Sheridan, so I was trying to figure out a way to cross the street where the parade was happening so I can get to the America's Mart. And I'm walking up and down the street and there is this kid standing on um, like a pillar, full like thin cosplay. And then I'm like, oh my God, he's so cute. And I stopped to ask him for his picture and his 
face just lit up and he held the lightsaber and he looked so proud. And then when you get moments like that, I mean, it just makes my heart burst to see these little kids who see themselves in the movie because everybody wants to see themselves in the universe that they love. So on one hand, I, I love that. But on the other hand, I look at, you know, if I was a little girl, I look at all the other little black girls and we have no one. <laughs> I mean, I did count, like, because I did see this movie a lot in the movie theaters. <laughs> so I, I was counting towards the end. I was like, especially in, like, the, the end, in the base, when everybody's running around, I was like, okay, there's one with natural hair, there's another one, there's one who had a line. And then that's pretty much all we have. We don't really have anything else. So on one hand, it's really nice to have that, you know, black male hero representation and it would be nice to have, you know, a black woman do something and, you know, have a conversation, at least one conversation. I would, that would be good enough for me for right now. <laughs> that was what, oh, sorry, Lucy, go. So um, I saw The Force Awakens. I was in a spoiler cave, so I didn't know anything about it except for that one cast shot that we um, decimated a few years ago at um, Dragon Con. Um, and so I was looking forward to seeing how they handled two of the additional casts that they put in there, Miss um, Lupita. And I love the movie. I just want y'all to know how much I adored that movie from beginning to end. But I kept looking for her. Yeah. I spent the whole movie looking for her. Because I was in a spoiler cave, guys. I didn't know that they were going to put makeup and things on their face. and. As a drama teacher, I understand why people would love those extras, but when you're a woman of African-American color and you don't know what the movie's really gonna be like and you're looking for Lupita the whole time, it's, it's heartbreaking, it really is. Mm -hmm. And her character's amazing and she does a wonderful job for it, but she becomes a voice actor in that case. And there are there's lots of diversity in voice acting. So I was, I was I, my heart, kind of broke at that and knowing that for the next two movies that is the role that she would have however wise she is it, it just it kind of hurt me a little bit <laughs> but then there was Finn and, and Ray and I was like ah, the whole time because it was great to see not only was she didn't know what the heck she was doing he didn't know what the heck they were doing. It was Star Wars. I love Star Wars because no one knows what they're doing throughout the whole movie. Like, it, it, they don't even pretend. So that's what makes it so amazing and so relatable because it's just like, well, let's try this button. I mean, and it worked. <laughs> so part of me is, like, devastated at that. But the other part is Disney's listening in a little ways, and they're making those changes. So I'm excited. Once again, I'm back in the spoiler cave. So I'm excited to see what they do with the next movie. This brings up this actually brings up an interesting question I had for you. Um, a, a lot of there's a lot of criticism about, about about the Force Awakens because it follows many of the beats of A New Hope. Yeah, but Which I'm totally fine with. Yeah, but do you consider it a little more transformative because instead of two white men in these leading roles, it's Daisy Ridley and John Boyega following these familiar, uh, familiar uh, storytelling beats. No, I was just going to say, absolutely. Like, I mean, because as much as it's great watching, uh, like, the originals, like, there's no one to really relate to in them. Like, if you're not a white dude. And, like, I mean, just having... It's a completely different dynamic, even if it is following similar steps. Well, I mean, I don't want to—I don't want to downplay Princess Leia because she's been my shining beacon like my whole life. But, but that's the thing—is we had oh, yeah. Princess Leia. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. and that, and I thought we were gonna have Padme, and we kind mm. of had Padme. Uh, <laughs> I mean, kind of. We had we had which like was a whole other discussion of what not to do romantically. Anyways, for a teenage girl. Great example for a teenage girl. Yeah, I love Pat. In the, like, in the Phantom Menace, and, she was... But, it, yeah, I think it really... Um, honestly, I, I think with with what we're looking at here is they really took four, 
for them. They, they really took a risk in deciding that we're going to cast the two, that basically the two main characters are, neither one of them are going to be a white man. Not one. And that's fantastic. And I, I love that. Um, and as much as I look at, you know, I don't want to jump ahead into the Rogue One casting, I'm, I am simultaneously ridiculously excited and pissed off. Awesome. You know? <laughs> Actually, that segues nicely to where I'd like to okay. go. Uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about the uh, Rogue One casting. Um, uh, is that spoiling for you to talk about the casting? Do you at least um, know the cast? I don't, I don't mind talking about it. I'm just going to let y'all know this is my vague, I don't know what they're talking about, look for the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, spo- let's actually be very clear with Rogue One. Yeah, let's, I, not do, let's not yeah, talk we're about any spoilers. Or cast and, does someone yeah. have spoilers? There are something tried very hard. Apparently, some big spoilers came out at Celebration Europe oh. on the panels, and I would really like for those not to be discussed here today. Yeah, so we we won't discuss those, but I would like to talk about trailers. just the just what we can see from the trailers, the trailers and maybe. like your IMDb cast list. Okay. And the cast list, Lucy, is, is it okay if I say this? The cast list is you've got the the main character Jin Erso, which is a white female, mm-hmm. and everybody else in the cast is a man. Basically, unless you count Mon Mothma, I don't know how much she's in it. But okay. her entire team is all men. Granted, a beautifully diverse team of men. Yes, very like, diverse. Right. I mean, but like, they're Riz all dudes. Ahmed, they're um, all dudes. Diego Luna. That would make so. a frat party real boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you have, you have beautiful diversity, not just in, in racial diversity, but you have somebody who's blind. I mean, you, you've, it's great diversity, so that's why I'm both like excited and just ridiculously pissed off because any one of those because guys it's a could. Fest. It is. It's a sausage fest. Yeah. Like, I just under someone explained that to me this year. Oh my god. <laughs> really? Like just okay. Uh-huh. Y'all are just uh-huh. to know. <laughs> you know, actually, that when I saw the um, first picture in the first trailer, that was not what initially annoyed me. It was that. Because it's, it's, you know, a formula with the Star Wars movies. It's usually one woman and a whole bunch of men. It's that the one woman tends to follow a similar vein, like, in appearance. The, so they the don't switch it up. Girl? Well, <laughs> in looks, it's always, you know, she's always white. She's always, you know, she has brown hair. She either has brown eyes or blue eyes. But basically, you know, it's kind of the same person over and over again with different personality traits. So it would be nice to switch it up yeah. occasionally. Well, and going to Janine's point... I I wasn't upset with the first... It was supposed to be a teaser trailer, but it was like a short trailer. Um, I wasn't upset then because the the backbone of that trailer is her conversation with Mod Mothra. And I'm like, Like, it's two women talking. two women talking is really the spine of that trailer. Yeah. So honestly, nothing at all bothered me. Um, And then the second one came out, and it's really like... But at the same time, there's that moment at the end of the trailer where you know, she kind of has that who's with me moment and all these men, like it's very Joan of Arc in a way. Like all these men are like, we're with you. And it's kind of nice, but also why couldn't they be ladies? It's very easy. Yeah. It is It is a quite easy actually. Just, just in cast, a role like this. Cast someone with breasts instead. Yeah. <laughs> just a breast thing. It's easy. It's no Would, big deal. It's easy. I would love, I'd love to see Star Wars do the voice for auditions. Like, do the voice. Like, everybody's chairs are turned backwards. The voices are muted so that they come out neutral. Can't tell race, creed, location, nothing. And they just act. But are we asking more of Star Wars than any other movie in And I always am uh, We're to. asking this in Same. all the movies. <laughs> it's just this is a Star Wars panel. Right. Yeah, yeah, we kind of focus and, on one and, panel. In yeah. Star Wars, and I feel like, you know, in the, in the military, we're often, you know, we're looked at very, very closely, um, and we're constantly in a fishbowl. And a lot of that is because, you know, we have to take, because Congress can mandate that we have to do certain things, a lot of times we get those things mandated before the rest of society does, um, which is fine. I am I am absolutely fine with all these changes that are coming through. Yes, yes, we should open all all the jobs in the military to women. We should allow transgender people into the military. We should not have a you know don't ask don't tell policy. This is great, um, and I think that Star Wars, in many ways, because it's this huge franchise and it has such a massive foothold in fandom in general, um, in many ways, I don't want to say it was the first fandom, but it was one of the first really big fandoms. And so I think there's a lot of responsibility there. They really are going to set a lot of the 
the pace, the flavor, the example. So yeah, I do hold them to a higher standard. I expect more and I demand more. I mean, I can't even tell you the excitement when they, when they aside from just the, oh my gosh, they asked me to write Star Wars, that general excitement. When they told me that the character was going to be a 40-something black woman, I was like, are, are you serious? Yeah. I'm like, oh, like she has gray hair. Like, she's old. I mean, <laughs> I'm 37, so obviously I don't. But she's graying. She's not, she's not 20 years old. And she's not white. Yeah. And she's a badass bounty hunter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes, please. Can I, I don't want to just write a short story. I want to write a whole novel about this person. You should make a movie about her. She's awesome. <laughs> You know, so they are trying, and, and I think the louder, I mean, I, we know for a fact, I mean, it's come out, the, the giant backlash about the lack of women, they gender flipped many roles to include, you know, the, the famous one with Gwendolyn Christie. I mean, that's why Captain Phasma is a woman. Yay. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Janine, can I ask you a quick question about brand? Um, I, yeah. I just finished the, the sampler, and I really enjoyed the depth of, so you see a lot of, like, strong female characters sort of the same archetype, a strong combat persona. You'd think like Ming-Na Wen and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just combat and all that. Um, I really liked Brand's depth in terms of both her prowess, but also the like nurturing side, it's sort of that more feminine, you, know, you think of feminine um, aspect of her character. It's like what other sorts of aspects of the feminine experience would you like to see better represented uh, across female characters that aren't represented right now? Oh, gosh. I mean, anything, because we just don't have enough. Um, because this, this is actually a conversation I was having a friend with at, not even an hour ago about how Pride and Prejudice is one of the most feminist novels out there. Because of the fact that you have these women who are, are bound by their society and they're operating inside of it, but because you have such a large cast of women, you can have the you know the the crazy lady Catherine de Bourgh who's just a total snob you can have the woman Charlotte who settles for a marriage of convenience instead of one for love you can have Lizzie who's like no I'm not marrying anybody unless it's for love you can have the beautiful perfect woman Jane you can have the crazy teenage girl who runs off you know on a whim you can have this vast diverse cast of women at, who are all different kinds and none of them have to be you know, the black widow who is perfect in every way, shape, or form because she happens to be the only woman in the cast. And so as we start to see more women in Star Wars, we're going to be able to explore all aspects of women. That's why when my friend asked me if I was upset that Leia wasn't a Jedi, I was like, no, she's a, she's a general. That's enough. Like, we need to get away from this construct that women have to be everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys want to add something. The way to do that is to put more women characters in these properties so they don't have to be, ev- so the one woman doesn't have to be everything to every woman. Can I add something? Oh, we, yeah. Just a little thing. And it's not only putting more women in the property, we need more women behind the scenes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. People of color behind yes, the yeah. scenes, yes. writing this stuff. Yes. So, you know, that it makes sense. To the other. Yes. 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 Um, just Pava aside, she was actually the only Asian act we saw in this film. Star Wars has never really done very well in Asia, um, even back when the first movies came out. Now you've got Rogue One coming out with two very prominent Asian actors. Given looking at, given the movie business at all, where the U.S. market is, will very soon not be the biggest market right. as far as making movies are concerned, is it more, they're, it seems to me they're not really actually, not, it's not, pandering is not the word, they're not going towards the U.S. market and say, look how diverse we are. I say, no, we want to sell this movie to as many people around the world as we can, and the more people in those movies that look like that market, they'll be able to make more money off of it. I mean, Disney has to make money. There's a thing that's happening right now in Hollywood, um, thank you, (laughs) where uh, China has recently opened up as, as you were saying, um, if not the number one, nearly the number one market for U.S. films. And in some ways, this is a very good thing. I mean, it's a very good thing economically. But what we're seeing is we're actually seeing a lot of movies that are kind of pandering. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw like there were probably four of you the the new Independence Day this summer like they they kind of put pointless characters there and have them speak in Chinese in subtitles I mean it's good to see this diversity but it doesn't like they don't give them anything to do you know they just they're just there like as a nut like hello China 
and um, and Transformers kind of did the same thing, and this is going so on quite a bit. They're window dressing. What? And that's not okay. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think it's great to put Chinese characters into films, uh, but not just as, like, a token, like, pander. It, it, they need to, like, be given stories like everybody else. Um, so I think that the, the China market thing is actually incredibly dangerous because it's starting to affect the way that Hollywood tells stories yeah. in a way that's kind of cheap and commercial. Yeah. And they were already cheap and commercial, <laughs> so... You know, yeah. short period, long I walk. I don't know how many of you follow her Twitter, but I have started following Constance Wu. She's in that show. Oh my God, what is the name Fresh of it? Fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat. <laughs> She's awesome. She is the most amazing, outspoken woman for diversity ever, but she does it in a hilarious way. I mean, when they whitewashed several of the most recent movies, like her tweets were just amazing. She, re she kind of reversed it reverse whitewashed, like, okay, so let's put these people in these roles. Or the John and Cho stuff. Yes. Yeah, John Cho for every movie ever. Every yes. single I, I, movie. I, I, sign I me up. Like, I'm absolutely good with that. Yeah. Um, and so she's, she's talking about that balance too, but it's like, when we say diversity, it's not going to be diverse unless there's someone back there that looks like them. So oh. it, it, I'm really, really big on that. Like, she constantly reminds people that, hey, you like to write Right. Hey, you like a camera? Carry it. Hey, you like so like it, we can talk about diversity, but the people in this room is kind of the forefront. You need to take your talents and you need to use them and you need to be loud about them. And if you're not loud, get a friend like me who will be loud for you as you do them. Okay? So, cuz I've seen really good plays because of the diversity in the play itself. So just you know, that's something, and, and join her Twitter because she's hilarious. Oh, and I was going to say, um, in regards to Asian characters, um, I was really excited when Kelly Marie Tran was um, cast for episode eight, but I was also really nervous that she was just going to be that window dressing, and then John Boyega, like, did that tweet or something saying that, like, this is going to make her explode, and she's going to be huge in it, and I was so freaking excited because I'm like, finally, someone, like, in a major role. <laughs> yeah. But then on the other side of this, you have um, that new Matt Damon movie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You should make a disgusting noise, audience. Yeah. Because if, if you didn't hear about this, he was cast. John, uh, Matt Damon is doing a movie set in China about the building of the Great Wall of China. It's a co-financed production between the U.S. and China, and the star is like... Matt yes, Damon. that is the face you should make, Janine. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon is the new white savior of China. Yeah. Um, and like the cast is actually really diverse, but yes, Matt Damon is the and main character. I saw a comment somewhere about it, and it was like, this is when you try and do diversity, but in front of the camera and not behind. And yeah. it's like, because that is what you're going to focus on, even though you're like, oh, we're doing so good. And it's like, you're yeah. really not. No. And which was something that Constance Wu tweeted about, by the way. Yeah. Because she's rad. <laughs> she really is. Like. Hey, um, I had a question, or I guess just a comment. Um, Star Wars has always been fairly decent about like the age, um, like different ages of actors that they use. Um, <laughs> Or sorry. maybe not, sorry. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, others. okay, maybe not, yeah. sorry. For white dudes. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah, for white dudes. But yeah, we give it um, to There's old white dudes, there's young white dudes, <laughs> yeah. there's, like, white dudes. Go ahead, so we got it, yes, go yes, ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was really excited uh, that Leia, as a, like, older actress, um, got to still do it. But at the same time, they kind of maybe only used her because she was in the older um, movies, so yeah. I just and wanted to. I have no that. doubt that they would not have cast her if right. if yeah. they were recasting all of them. There's no way they would have cast Carrie Fisher for that role, right? Which yeah. would have been. I don't even want to think about <laughs> right. that. I don't even want to think about that. That would have been tragic, yeah. because yeah. she's perfect, and I so. love her. Yeah, I've reached a point where I like Carrie Fisher even more than Princess Leia. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. I, I think yeah. we're all there. Yeah, Carrie's our queen. Yeah, Gary. And Gary. And Gary. And Gary. Yes, and Gary. Hearts Gary. Um, actually, this wasn't my original comment, but going off of that, it's really interesting about them making her lose weight because 
I got really upset when I heard about that. And my roommate was like, but she's going to be a Jedi. She has to be really physically active in Jedi stuff. And then we saw it. And she was like, okay, she didn't do anything super physical that you needed to be in mystical, magical, superior strength for. I have no idea why they made her lose weight. And I was like, sexism. Actually, uh, you know, if you want to look at it, I just thought of this. Uh, she's a general officer, and they're military, and it's a formalized military. There are actually height and weight standards, and people have to meet height and weight standards and physical yep. standards. So that actually, from a, if we're assuming that that universe uses the same rules as our universe, I mean, but she made the military. She made yeah, the so resistance. she can probably make whatever rules she wants. She can make it however she, she is wants. A princess. But yeah, so um, I, we're totally get what you're saying. Yeah, but my my actual question topic for discussion was the marketing of a force awakens because (laughs) i and a lot of people kind of came out of seeing it and went ray was the main character i had no idea she was going to be the main character and obviously in the marketing it looked like finn was going to be the central character and he was certainly the other central character um and, and there's something to be said for having a black man in that role as opposed yeah. to the white woman. But then when you look at the merchandise and all the Kylo Ren. It's a big problem, but it's not a new problem. I mean, we've seen this before. We've seen this with Black Widow. Uh, we've seen it with like all the Spider-Man movies. Like They don't make the female character. And it's horrible. So are you saying you feel like there was a little bit of a bait and switch? Yes! But um, maybe, maybe that, and I don't know, maybe that's not such a bad thing because I feel like that's what happened with Fury Road. And I know the mm-hmm. only reason I went to go see it because in all the advertising, I'm like, oh, this is just another stupid car chase, blow up movie, whatever. And then all of a sudden, all the, you know, men's right activists were super pissed off at the movie. And I was like, now I'm going to go see it. Now I'm interested. <laughs> who, who, needs rot- who needs Rotten Tomatoes when you've got that? So, so, you know, and again, I didn't know, and I don't think there was any, and I don't know why they would feel like they have to do a bait and switch, and that there's no way that we're not going to go see Star Wars. They know everyone's going to go see Star Wars. Um, so I don't, I don't know why. And I feel like, um, especially that first trailer that starts with her uh, rappelling down and um, um, I was going, who are you? I think that like really kind of establishes Rey as something very focal, and so I kind of always went in thinking that she was like yeah, the I, still, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I assume she was, you know, Star Wars is usually there's three main characters and yeah. two boys and a girl and the girl is important. She's just not usually the central figure and then she's there to move the plot for the right. important guy. And right? Sort of. You um know, I really like Padme and where her story went, but that's a different discussion. <laughs> I going to Janine said something earlier about how she demands these different, to to see this kind of people of color in these roles. And the merchandising is is kind of my sore spot because I have two little girls at home. Mm. And they are Ahsoka, awesome Ahsoka, by the way. Um, They they want to be all the, the Jedi. And it really just irked the hell out of me that... You know, if, if you want to keep it on the down low and maybe not talk too much about this toy and, you know, not put it at the big toy fair or whatever, that's fine. But to not make it and not sell it. Or not it, make enough. Right. Or not make it, or make five. Uh, which, it, it just seems so counterproductive. If you're going to make a strong female character in the film, but then not let children of all genders, you know, play with it and enjoy it as, you know, these movies are made to be toys. Right? <laughs> And I, For real, though, they're supposed to be these imagination tools, right? Mm-hmm. And ugh, I think that that's something that we can help. I know when I came home from my deployment, I came home to a shelf full of Ray and Phasma, and I looked at my husband, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm only buying the lady stuff. <laughs> I mean, and that was just like, and now he's, 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 he's buying Finn as well, because he, he loves Finn. He, dressed, he ran around dressed as Finn last night. That's how much he loves him. But, oh, yes. but yeah, no, he's just like, if it's a female character, I don't care if the movie sucked, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy, you know, for any, any franchise out there at this point, if there's a female character action figure, he's going to buy it, because he's just so pissed off. Well, I think the, the reason it really stuck out to me even maybe more so than some other things, is that almost everyone's favorite character seemed to be Rey. And there was just not, like, and and that seemed intentional, and it just seemed out of place. I just wanted to add something to what you said earlier about how Kylo Ren's face is on everything. 
I think it's really interesting to note that the movie tried to push that it was, you know, this new diverse you know, film starring, you know, a black man and a woman, yet all of their merchandising, or the majority of the merchandising <laughs> that wasn't actually action figures, is covered with the face of the white male character. They wanted Just, to be the next Darth Vader. Well, is it the face, though, or is it the mask? It's the, it's the mask. mask. I mostly yeah. remember seeing the mask. trying to go mask. for Darth Vader all over again. Yeah. I see that. I mean, I get that. I get that, but at the same but time, yeah, no, why no. not? You're, you're Disney. Right. You have all the money in the world. Why not? You know, go out on a limb. Put their faces on more things. Put more dolls out there. It yeah, wouldn't hurt. Don't do oh, that because their shelves, like their budgets, are devoted to things like, not Barbie, the Disney princesses. Like that's where they send their girl toy budget, and you can bet they have a girl toy budget, and they throw it at Sophia the First, which is actually a good show, and um, but all the like stupid princesses. And um, that's what they want to sell because that's what they know how to market. Mm. (laughs) I'm not defending this. You guys get that I'm not defending this, right? See, that's part of the thing that annoys me because, you know, there's this idea that some of them think that girls don't buy toys. I mean, that has caused certain shows that I love to get canceled and (laughs) other shows, you know, to not put out things for girls. And you look at the princess lines, and you see girls will buy everything. Yeah. (laughs) They'll buy everything princess. They'll buy everything Mattel. Even women, we will spend our money on all stories. Do you know the amount of Star Wars crap that I own? (laughs) And I don't even... Okay, uh, we're going to go on to our uh, next question here. So I wanted to ask a kind of complicated question. To Uh what degree do you think Star Wars reproduces the problematic tropes of people of color in media. So I'm going to use the Maz Kanata example. So you have a wonderful black (laughs) actress who is reduced to a CGI character whose purpose in the film is to provide the magical Negro advice to advance the plot of the white woman. sage Stephen King character. Okay, that's that's the first example. The second example is Rogue One. We have two East Asian characters. One I'm kind of okay with because we rarely see uh, East Asian men in American movies take on action roles, particularly Um, ones where they're using large weapons because of the feminization of East Asian men. But the other one, a blind East Asian mystic martial artist. Am I the only one who sees this as incredibly tropey and reproductions of all the kinds of Orientalist um, problematic things we have surrounding East Asian uh, characters? And then we can talk about uh, Forrest Whitaker's character whose voiceover is literally James magical Negro advice to the white woman. Can we talk about that? I can't. I I kind of feel like you said it. Right? Yeah. I, I really don't. I have, nothing to, I have nothing to add you to that. It was like a, kind of yeah. like a mic drop right <laughs> there. <Mike. you> know? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can... Would, I would add one thing to that. Uh, not to top that, because no. But... Um, <laughs> I would be very careful use, complaining about the word trope when it comes to Star Wars. Because Star Wars has always been built on tropes, right? It's the freaking hero's journey. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry, I'm with you. Like, these are two separate things, right? You can't really say Star Wars shouldn't have any tropes because Star Wars is nothing but tropes. But you can say, and the word you used was problematic, and I think that's perfect because there, it's, it's fine to have, you know, things like, the young mentor and the old, or the old ment- older mentor and the younger novice, you know, and, and we see that a lot with like Ray and even Ray and Han Solo in a weird way. Those no, tropes cool. have been part of Star one. Wars since the beginning, and I I, I don't Tell fault them because it's such an old story, right? It's the hero's journey, but the problematic tropes we need to have outgrown them by now. Which are the ones you brought up. Which are the ones you brought up. Which I I think it's a difference between like a story trope and a character trope. Exactly, yeah. I just want to be careful with with the terminology there because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to open a whole door of, well, it's all tropes. It is, but that doesn't mean we have to focus on the problem. You're such a storyteller. (laughs) You should write or something. I should write books, you guys. (laughs) And I don't want to see them throw the baby out with the bathwater in the tub. Yes, that's true. There is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with the storylines. It's just that we would like to see more diversity in them and as well as some of these that they have now. They have a hot storyline. Like their basic three people characters as the main character, it works. Just 
add a little bit more to the to the story, just a little bit. And don't yeah. don't be lazy and fall back on accepting. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. accepted we learned racist tropes. Let's what? say that. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's oh, use yeah. that word. Let's what, just say it. What do they do in anime stock footage? Let's not stock footage characters for us. That would yeah. be great. Next question. Um, well, uh, I liked the way y'all put it when you said uh, the characters don't look like they know what they're doing. They're yeah. they're new <laughs> and they're they're struggling to figure it the universe out and we get to watch them struggle to figure it out and I think that's a, like a great way of you seeing an unknown culture or universe through someone else's eyes and I was curious the way we've seen other tropes or racist or problematic things in Hollywood similar to how people didn't really react well maybe to The Last Samurai <laughs> but then like I actually did watch the movie and I thought it was a very interesting take to see someone dropped head first into a culture they had no understanding for and it wasn't necessarily maybe that he was the last samurai but that he was trying to understand their last samurai just basically trying to see another culture through someone who doesn't know his eyes but that versus gods of egypt it's a fine yeah. line. It, it is. You can do that. You can do that. You can do the the dropping the person in and having them be the narrator for the for the reader or the viewer, and that's a, it's a very effective trope. Mm-hmm. It really is, and it's a great tool. And I've used it, and I love it. The, what was problematic with the Last Samurai, and what was um, is, and with a lot of them, if they're not done correctly, because it is a fine line, is if you start using the white, if you incorporate the white savior trope with that, right. that's where it becomes a problem. Like dances with wolves. I mean. Well, or, do you remember, uh, this was, is an older one, but the movie Geronimo? Like, the movie is called Geronimo, you guys. Guess who's the main character? Spoiler not alert. Geronimo. Not Geronimo. <laughs> it's the straight white dude who meets Geronimo and, like, is changed by him. And uh, that that is more my problem. Because, and, and The Last Samurai... Yeah, you can see it that way, but is there any reason why the person dropped into the story had to be a straight white dude? Not at all. For me, it was just, it could be understood that way, and it comes from different, it allows a different perspective, but is at least a trope that allows you to think or see it that way versus something that is as so blatant as gods of Egypt where we're seeing another mm-hmm. culture but from a singular movie. perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're let's, definitely let's cast all the main characters with white characters and let's make all the slaves and robbers and everybody who's not good or a god or a leader to, to be black. That's great. What are we, I mean, let, that you want to talk about? Egypt, I love Gerard like Butler. I just think I should have called it gods of Scotland. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. So that there's so much wrong with that. Yeah. No, you're right. like, wait, and you look awesome, by the way. Well, I'm, I'm digging it. I left the, the helmet in the back. I'm All digging right. it. Thank wait, you. I wanted to say something. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so while I understand, you know, the importance of that trope and that way of storytelling, my problem with it is that that door only goes one way. So Tom Cruise can go to Japan and play a critical role in this crucial time in Japanese his- history, but mm-hmm. Ken Watanabe cannot come to America and play a critical role in a time in American history. He can't go to England and play a critical role in English history. He has to stay where he is. So if the door is not going both ways, then we should just keep it shut. Tell the Japanese story That's with Japanese people awesome. and leave it there. Looking at you, Ghost in the Shell. That's a great girl. Way to put it. What? <laughs> Next Too question. Logic and reason. <laughs> I know. What are those? We need to go back um, to Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, about what he was saying about the merchandising problem, like was it Where's Ray, and then I think later Where's the Widow, and Where's Gamora was the last one. I um, I know there was one executive. I won't name him because I don't know if that's a nice thing to do. But there was an executive yeah, at not at the places because so you can see at Marvel at Disney they are trying to they have strong female characters. Clone Wars started for Ahsoka, but when you go to the store, there's no toys. It's because this executive who ran the toy business, it actually was called Toy Biz, uh, that section of it, he um, he didn't like it. He didn't like a lot of things changing in the culture, and so you would get this freeze on them. Lately, I've gone to Walmart and I see walls and walls of like a Misty Knight toy. I don't know if any of you ever have seen uh, the Misty Knight action figure, Wait, Afro, dark skin. <laughs> yeah, there's a Misty Knight, uh, Maids of Might, uh, Marvel. Of course, Ray's blaster. Uh, the, all because the, we're demanding. Yeah. yeah. Because we're and yelling at there, It's not just not the de- demand for it. It's that, that one executive who was ignoring said demand 
they finally severed ties with him, and I noticed now you get Black Panther and Black Panther several female oh, super <laughs> super people <laughs> with Black Panther, and you get Captain Marvel, female Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel. You get um, I don't know if you've seen Valkyrie yeah, in the new um. Twenty years too young, but that's yeah, and, and, I, and I know it's Star Wars, but the reason I brought it up because the merchandise are the same people, the same Hasbro people, and I just thought it would uh, help the conversation to know that it wasn't like oh we're scared. It was a guy who has um, just say backwards belief who was in charge, shocking. yeah, and yeah. and he's no longer there, and so just keep of course fighting for it and tweeting about it and sharing about it, yeah. but. Now they can actually hear you because there's not somebody holding the door closed. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's why I always scoff at the idea of oh, the free market economy will sort it out. Well, no, it's not really working that way because there's someone up at the executive levels that's not letting. Well, the and consumer I like your outfit choose. too. And <laughs> yes. the one thing that really frustrates me is when people on the internet go, "Oh, but here you have examples of like these five toys." And then it's like, okay, we have these that you can hardly find, and then you have a list of, like, a hundred for, like, the white characters. It's like, just because you're giving us a little bit doesn't mean we're going to shut up about it until it's enough, like... Parody or bust. Yeah. Next question. So, um, one of the things I've noticed is that we've talked a lot about what the industry is doing, but one of the things I've really noticed is the issues within the fandom itself that um, there's a really... I, I am clearly the wrong complexion to be addressing this, but there's you a really it. big race you problem. You yeah. It's really bad. I mean, especially with Finn. It's especially, they especially bad. Because, okay, oh there's that, God, one, that one single throwaway line about him working in... In sanitation. In sanitation, which was a joke, but if you ever read any of the extra material or watch the movie and just see him being so good, he was supposed to be exceptionally good at everything in the source material but they treat him like oh there's no way because he's just a janitor it's really condescending i think both to just men men of color and also um janitors probably as well (laughs) um i I have to speak on that because there are storylines that where the white male character does start off as like the least likely of the least likely and by the end of the movie everybody's like yeah he could do that dude Luke was a farmer on a planet with no water but by the end of Star Wars everybody was like yeah and they were so supportive of that like both on screen and fan reaction and I like I'm still like ready to cry because it hurts to see how people treat African American people of color on screen on Twitter. Like it's amazing. They ran um, Lisa off of Twitter mm-hmm. because like they make some of the most nastiest comments and unsupportive and then at the same time will sit down at work with you the next day and go, Well, I, how do we make this better at work? How about we bury you up under the Twin Towers? Like, how about that? And so it's like, it, it really pulls me. Like, I need the fans to be fans. This man did a massive, amazing job. He started off in sanitation. At least there was garbage there. Luke, there's no, there was nothing. Well, and it's not even that he started off in sanitation. It was that, it was like, like, his duty on that base was sanitation at that point where he's probably in training and, like, it, doing it, a lot of other things. So it's yeah. in the military. Yeah. We all start at the bottom. <laughs> all of us. The, the extended source material has it where he's literally the top of the training. Yeah. He's yeah. the best. He's he the absolute best. That starts at the bottom. Yeah. You know, so, I actually watched this movie like 10 minutes ago before the panel because uh, I hadn't seen it in so long. And um, he mentions that the mission at the beginning of the movie is his first, you know, combat kind of combat mission. mission. Mm-hmm. So to me, like that spoke of him recently having gotten a promotion. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've really learned about the Empire, they really have well-rounded soldiers. Like, <laughs> they are trained in so many things. They can fire guns. They can co-pilot. Like they can sort of fit. The dude knows sword fighting for no reason. Like they they really just treat the hell out of their soldiers on very many different things. 
So that's I thought, how it is on a base. I wasn't bob- true troubled by the line. I, I saw it as a joke and a, another chance for him mm-hmm. to play off Han Solo, mm-hmm. especially because there had been that dynamic where he's like, I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> and then Han Solo calls him big deal, you know? And so I, I saw it more as part of that dynamic. But like you said, I'm the wrong yeah, reflection but, uh, to yeah. really yeah. tear that one apart. Yeah, I, I, think, I think what you were getting after is it wasn't so much the joke itself. It, it was, was how was fandom received. and the media received it. Yeah, Fans can absolutely. be really ugly. <laughs> Next question. It, oh, oh, oh I am so sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to say real quick, it wasn't only that, it was um, not talking about him at all. Like, he wasn't even you would think be. from the way some people talk about The Force Awakens, Ray was in it, Poe was in it, Kylo Ren was the love of everyone's life, and that was the movie. <laughs> And then there was this other guy, maybe, who worked in the sewers and came up. And then like, something, like a ninja turtle. Just not mentioning it. I worked in the sewers how excited I was that I saw, like, a bajillion Finns last night. And that was Friday. Oh, I, I love Dragon. And, like, every single person dressing as Finn who found another, like, they all, like, ran at each other and, like, would hug. I love that. I have a huge one. crush on John Boyega. Oh, my gosh. He's have the Have you best. seen the, the video of him seeing the trailer for the first time? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I just want to take him home and... Sorry, we're running out of time. Sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll if focus. this is too much of a subject change, then tell me and I'll sit my butt down. But um, how about representation of LGBTQIA people in Star Wars? We've gotten some in the books that's been really, really, really great. And if Sinjir dies, I'm going to riot. Um, but the, uh, do you think the films are going to introduce that in any way? Or is Lucasfilm, or sorry, Disney now, going to step Disney. back? I kind of don't want them to. I like it not being a big deal. Like... You, you know, in the in the original three, the Han Leia love story was a huge part Too of it. Much. And if you're going to have a romantic story, it's what you were saying about the door. If the door's open, it should go both ways. But it seemed like, to me anyway, in The Force Awakens, like, we're just not, we're not dealing with romance because that's not what this story is about. Like, this story, there's no romance. There's not, like, I mean, even the, you could say that, that there's a Finn and Ray thing, but you could also say that there's a Finn and Tim Poffin, and, and <laughs> neither one is any more or wrong no or right than the other. Like I kind of liked having it be. That's not the important thing here. No, you know? and I mean I agree. I don't really want a major romance storyline, but on the other hand, Please. like having even just like a mention of it, background, whatever. Like yeah. it would be some. It would be so huge and like. Yeah. Like it's the same thing as oh my gosh yeah like on rebels like rebels I want it in the can I can I reveal I want it in the movies and I want it to be a big deal (laughs) can I no I would love it to be a big deal in like one of the standalones I just don't want the focus I don't want the focus of the movie to be on it but I think it needs to be there because we're in the future right surely think we have all these aliens running around we have the force surely we could have two people of the same sex kids transgender person this is not crazy and it needs to be something explicitly said and not just like, oh, you could kind of read it as that. Don't sure. Dumbledore it. Right, or like um, Holtzman from Ghostbusters. She's so obviously queer, but it's never said in the movie, so so many people are like, oh no, she can't be into... Like, or, she has to be straight. I don't know how many of you saw Star Trek Beyond, what they did with Sulu. Uh, yes. Where it's just, he just walks off with his husband and their child, and that was it. Yeah. Sometimes that's really all, right. that's all I would like. <laughs> you don't have to go crazy with it. Just give me something like that. I want to do this with the, like, 800 men that are in Rogue One. Like, oh, yeah. Put it together, please. That would just be great. Todd, guys. That would explain why they need to have nothing but dudes at the Sausage Fest. <laughs> Janine, I think you said you were going to reveal something here. Oh, no. Not movie, not movie, not movie, don't worry. Um, So I just, I feel like this is kind of the perfect panel to do it, and hopefully Alexander Freed, I know we have five minutes, doesn't uh, get too mad at me for doing this. So Alexander Freed, who wrote um, Battlefront Twilight Company, he created the character of Brand, the bounty hunter, and when he gave me, um, and I was given very big freedom and liberty to come up with her background, but the one thing he told me (laughs) when he wrote me was, uh, by the way, not that I think she needs a romance, but if you're going to give her one, she's a lesbian. And I was like, wow, okay, because I, totally I totally read her as ace. Um, so, asexual. So I wrote her definitely, uh, yeah, basically, in my mind, she's both. Um, or, and, be, I, and I don't she know. She can be a, um, a homoromantic asexual. Yeah, so my <laughs> so. point is, she's definitely not straight. And I, I don't, 
I know that that's a small thing. She's a she's a small character, but she is in canon, and she is definitely not straight. And I just want that to be out there. It's not written or codified in writing, but I'm telling you, the two people who have, have written her, that is what she is. Awesome. Okay, we got a couple minutes left, so we'll try and get through a couple more. Just a real quick question. Uh, plays off what the uh, other person said earlier. Is it a I think detrimental to diversity to have a romance between Ray and and Finn, or would it be more open to have? an interracial relationship between the two of them? Or do you think, like you said previously, it'll take away from the story and it diverts some of the attention? Because Ray and Finn, to me, they had like a almost a brother-sister type relationship. But then, you know, at the end, you know, anybody, yeah. you know, had seen <laughs> I, the movie, yeah, I'm not going to say. I and like Finn, I just think, is such a great, brave character. He didn't yeah. get enough credit for being oh, brave. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. fighting star stormtroopers. You know, like, he's He flying. leaves everything that he yeah. knows, and he never gets any credit for he's that. He's running away from giant balls of fur with teeth on a ship. I mean, he's doing all these things <laughs> and saving people at the same time. And I think he doesn't get enough credit for being this really strong, you know, brave character, even at the end facing Kyle Lorraine, even though he does get hurt. You know, like you said, he's not a trained Jedi, but he picks that lightsaber up and goes to town. You know, you know I remember reading um, an interview a couple years ago with Jeremy Renner where he was talking about Joss Whedon's work. And he said that if you really boil it down, everything Joss Whedon has ever done has been a story about found families. Like people, the family, that, not that you're born into, that you find as you mature. And I have always seen the Star Wars movies, and especially The Force Awakens, as a movie about finding your family and to me it doesn't really matter if they end up taking that in a romantic direction or if it's just like a friendship I don't feel like you need to define it I think there's a moment in that movie where Finn decides that Ray is his family and Ray and then there's a moment a little later where Ray decides that Finn is her family and that's all I really give a damn about I, I think yeah you whichever way they take it um, if they go with the romance which I think would be brilliant to see um, to see that. I mean, my my daughter is biracial. I, w- I would love right. to see that. Um, she's from Mozambique. She's also Indian, and so anytime I can see positive, um, darker skinned women on screen for her, I, I want to see that. Um, but I also, as a woman, and I have a lot of friends who are asexual or who just have or who are single. It would just be really nice to see a strong, successful woman who doesn't have to have a romance arc. That would yeah. be great too. So I think whichever yes. way they go with it, whether it remains this beautiful friendship or it does go into a romance, you're gonna there's gonna be goods on it's either way. It's win-win. Yeah. Uh, next question. Uh, to go back to the merchandise thing, I just want to point out that Lego specifically did a really good job with that for TFA. Yeah. I think yeah. Ray is the most common minifigure in their TFA sets, and they also took the new movie as an opportunity to introduce uh, racial and gender diversity in their helmeted, you know, random stormtroopers and officers and things. It was it was lovely to hear lady stormtroopers, you know, with the helmet on, and you, I was like, whoa, is that a female voice? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Cool. Go ahead. Yeah, so this back to uh, what the gentleman was referring to in reference to the fandom uh, in Finn. One of the problems I did have with uh, the fandom was when you look at his story arc, he was stolen from his family, forced into uh, conscription, and then he broke his conditioning. I mean, in a way, that's kind of like 12 years a slave. Uh, and then their reaction was to basically cheer on a basic grunt. Uh, you know, and he had one line, which was traitor, and that became a meme. And I was like, this kind of feels <laughs> like you're using this as code speak for the N word. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but fandom yeah. Needs yeah, 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 uh, fandom needs to be better. Yeah. Also, that the, the some uh, of the fandom, we're the, not uh, all like that. No. The relation to no, him is sanitation. We are all responsible for. We need to police each other. Yeah. We and, need to be better. Speak and, up. Yeah. The. Um, the uh, thing about him and sanitation, um, some kind of believe that it's actually an homage to Kevin Smith, because in Clerks, <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, so, you know, I mean, a, a stormtrooper can't install a toilet, man, all they know is white uniforms and killing people. So, <laughs> Thank awesome. you, I hadn't thought about that. Okay, I got I just enough time, and I really want to make sure you get to, get to chime in. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to talk about, like, there's this huge disparity in the fandom between, like, MM ships and M, or in FF ships. Like, there's, what? I guess this kind uh, of, male, 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 female, female. this kind Thank of you. plays into the fact that there aren't many women, but, like, 
even with the Clone Wars, there's so many girls in the Clone Wars that like form close relationships with like Ahsoka, but you never see that focused on as much as like Storm Pilot and stuff. And I'm not saying that those aren't important. It's just like as a lesbian, like looking through the tags, it's like okay, there's nothing in this. No, one. I know it's really it, depressing. There's it's nothing. Like, like you can't find Ahsoka Barris if you wanted to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although that's probably one of the more common no, ones. I'm like that is the more popular one. Well, yeah, I but, am but it's still it's like. But you want Obi-Wan more. Anakin yeah, is what more. everyone is I'm writing. particularly <laughs> hurt by the lack of Sabadala. Like Yes. Yep. <laughs> where is it? Like I go into the tags on Tumblr and there is like five posts every single time. That's a problem. But it's, and like every right. fandom. Yeah. yeah. It's literally a like, good panel even, by itself. Just the and like, problem in fandom that, that fandom has with its female characters, mm-hmm. either you hate them in the fanfic or they're too good for a love mm-hmm. interest. Well, and it's like every single thing that you watch, it's going to be no matter who else is in the movie, it's going to be the two white men who are shipped together. Yeah, like, you see, like, fandoms like Homestuck, where literally half of the characters in Homestuck are girls, and yet the... I just went to the Homestuck photo shoot last night, and I looked at the schedule of what was on there, and there were literally, like, there was the canon girl girl ships, and then there was, like, two of the more popular ones. But meanwhile, we had every single combination of guy and guy ships and guy and girl ships. Like, we're the lesbians. <laughs> keep demanding I mean, it. Yeah, yep, keep, keep demanding, demanding it. I would love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's just have Janine write another story. There we go. Uh, that is unfortunately it for the time we have. Um, stick around. We are giving away some really cool stuff. But please give a huge round of applause to our awesome panelists. And thank you all for coming and participating. All right, now, who wants free stuff?